It's the Skinny Podcast, only on Local12.com. Now, here's Richard Skinner. Welcome into the Skinny Podcast. It's the Bengals post-game edition. What an edition is going to be. I'm Richard Skinner, Local12.com, digital sports comments and editor with Rick Boring as we discuss the Bengals clinching the AFC North over the Kansas City Chiefs. By the way, it's presented by Ryan Kiefer of Prime Lending. Rick, um, for a long time in that first half, it looked like men and boys, the men being the Chiefs, the boys being the Bengals. And somehow, some way, it flipped. It flipped on the arm of Joe Burrow. It flipped on the legs and crazy catch radius of Jamar Chase. And it flipped on the defense, which in three second-half possessions against the Chiefs forced them to go punt, punt, field goal. I'm going to ask you, because it's probably one of your big questions for me, what was your big takeaway? I want to get into all three of those things individually because you nailed the three main points and takeaways I would have. But for a Bengals fan under 35, Give me what was better than this win. All right, under 35, so that takes you to that takes you to the Marvin Lewis era, basically. Yeah, I mean, in terms of stuff you would remember. I mean, we, you know, we grew up with Shula and Coslett. And- All right. Do you remember? Do you remember? I'm I'm assuming you do. You remember the win over Kansas City when they were undefeated? Yep. That actually is one of the main ones that I would probably point to at this because point. I, because there was no playoff win of significance. There, um, was it 14, the win over Denver on a Monday night that kind of kept things alive? Uh, no, that might have been the year before. That might have been 13. That might have been 14. It wasn't 15. No, I'm not sure there is, Rick, just because the other years that they kind of, you know, eased their way into the playoffs, even the year that Andy got hurt, and there was no signature win over that. I guess you could argue that AJ went out and beat uh, San Francisco at San Francisco. Then they lost at Denver on a Monday night, so that was not a win. So that was not a signature win, but. Yeah, I, I do. I go back to that Kansas City win when they were nine and zero under Dick Vermeil and uh, Peter Work returns the punt or had the big game or whatever. I may, maybe uh, I can't think of another one in, in, for somebody under thirty five. Now it was funny on the Sports Authority tonight. I had a few signature wins or a few signature moments. You know, the eighty eight season when Chip Lowmiller of of Washington, the Bengals were trying to get the one seed, and it looked like they were dead in the water, and he hits a chip shot field goal and bangs the upright game set match. Um, Bengals late in the year in 81 went to Cleveland and just annihilated them on the road. And that was the one where, okay, this team is really, really good. Um, today, I don't want to tell you this, Med, you felt like the team was really, really good. But listen, Kansas City was on an eight-game win streak. They did suffer some offensive line injuries, and we have to address that because that was fair. I mean, they lost a guy in their left tackle, Zeus Brown, in pregame due to an injury. Then suffered an injury, and they had to move the right tackle to left tackle. Then he got hurt. But for the first half, those guys were great. In the second half, the Bengals shut them down, and then Joe Burrow has gone to a – Joe Burrow, we're going to address this, I'm sure, in a separate topic. Rick, he's going to such an elite level. It's like he's as good as anybody right now. I mean, as good as any. I mean, Mahomes, Rodgers, I mean, anybody. He's as good as any of them right now. No, I agree. The thing I would go back to with 2015, where is kind of the big season you would point to as – the team that seemed to have the best chance. I might argue that it was the, uh, was it 2005 or 2006 where the key, the Kimo von Ohlhofen game. That was five. That was okay. Five. Yeah. Was, the, yeah. That 05 team. I think the difference for me between those teams is Carson Palmer at quarterback versus Andy Dalton. You felt a little more like you had an elite right. guy as opposed to the 2015 felt like a little bit of smoke and mirrors, but here's the big thing. There is the Bengals didn't beat anyone that you pointed to as, like the top team in the AFC. Yes, they won the AFC North that year, but the Steelers and the Ravens 
weren't the best teams in the AFC that year. You had the Patriots, you had the Peyton Manning Broncos that won the Super Bowl. Like those were the teams that were really good that season. And I, I think for, for this year's Bengals team to beat this year's Chiefs team, which has clearly looked like the best team in the AFC for the last month, it's just last such two a months. Yeah, no, last two months, and I think you're right. It is such a statement win, and that's the that's the part that it was not only. And I I wrote this in my five storylines to watch was not only does a win clinch the AFC North, which it did, but it sends a statement of, huh, guys, look out, these guys are pretty good. And listen, it wasn't a dominant performance, nor was it going to be. You're playing arguably, and they're not the number one seed right now. Tennessee has surpassed them based on tiebreakers and all that stuff. But you are playing arguably, based on recent history and current history, the best team in the AFC, and you beat them. And you beat them fair and square. You can argue officiating calls, all that stuff, but you beat them. That's all that matters. There was no fluke. There was no, you got a bunch of turnovers. There was no, hey, they handed you 16 points because of this or that. You just beat them. And that's all that matters. It was a fun game to watch if you were a Bengals fan. It was was almost surreal because there were so many moments where you said, like you talked about the penalties, it felt like things just kept going their way late in the game and they kept getting that flag that they needed or the third and 27 pass to Jamar Chase where you just throw it up and he makes that play. All of those things kept going the Bengals way. And for someone who's grown up over the last three decades of Bengals football, you're just not used to seeing that. It, dude, I, I will tell you, one of my favorite quotes, and it was not because I asked the question, but it was a great answer, I thought. I asked Joe Burrow on the 3rd and 27, I said, did you think about throwing a pass to make sure you got in field goal range? And he said, no, the coverage was this, and I just threw it to Jamar, and I knew he was down there somewhere. <laughs> I mean, think about <laughs> that. I knew he was down there somewhere. I'm just going to throw it up. Yeah. Hey, I knew. I, did, I don't even sure if I saw him. I just knew he was down there somewhere, and he was going to go make a play. And it was ridiculous. His day was so ridiculous, so ridiculous. But you know what? It wasn't like it's so ridiculous from a guy you're like, hey, Fred has never had a really good game, but man, what a game Fred had today. No, this was a guy you drafted to be elite. And he's been elite when the teams have given him chances in one-on-one coverage. And I had somebody text, to, to, uh, not even somebody, multiple people in the first half, where's T. Higgins? And I thought, shut up. What do you mean, where's T. Higgins? It doesn't matter where T. Higgins is because they're covering Jamar Chase one-on-one. And guess what? He's killing them. And that's what this offense is right now is take him great. Take him great. Take him. Hell, then Tyler Boyd catches the big touchdown pass. That's what this offense is right now. It's really hard to defend, man. Yeah. Burrow goes 30 of 39 for 446 yards. Four against, touchdowns. Against a depleted Baltimore secondary. Oh, wait a minute. It wasn't a depleted Baltimore secondary. My bad. You're right. Yeah. Oh, no. That was the Chiefs defense that's been <laughs> yes. playing really well, right especially yes. against the pass, and had a ton of confidence that they were just going to be able to Blitzboro all day and get pressure on them and stay out on single coverage man-to-man a lot on the receivers, including Chase, and that clearly didn't play out for him. And I think your point about Chase is a good one, but also – Burrow is processing things and seeing things at such a high level and operating so fast back there. You're right. Who's, who's much better than him. And quite honestly, that leads into an MVP conversation. Tell me who's more important to their team right now than Joe Burrow. That's a great question. I guess if, if they Aaron Rodgers is the front runner by far, if you look at betting odds. Yeah. I was going to say if, if, if Indy had won today and Jonathan Taylor had done something today, they don't, 
no offense, they're not winning with Carson Wentz as our quarterback. They're winning because Jonathan Taylor's great as a running back. That's but, true. Yeah, but I think your point's well taken. You, you know, these last two weeks, Rick, I, I don't know if you've crunched the numbers. I did. I haven't finished writing my my fifth quarter piece, but I've written a chunk of it as we do this podcast. Do you want me to lay the numbers on you for the last two games for him? Let me have them. 67, I'm doing this off the top of my head, so I'm darn close. 67 for 85, 78.8%. For 971 yards, eight touchdowns, no interceptions, and a passer rating, which I know a lot of people don't like because it's a goofy number at times, but everybody's measured by it, so we have to measure everybody by it. For a passer rating of 146.3, when a perfect rating is 158.3. You, in in a, and listen, again, we can argue the Baltimore secondary issues. I get you. I'm with you. It was a seven-on-seven clinic. But then you follow it up today in your two most important games where you had to beat Baltimore to basically eliminate them. And yes, there were circumstances that allowed you to do that. And then you have to play this team and you did this. You talk about elite in back-to-back game. It wasn't like, hey, game manager Joe Burrow, good job, dude. 19 for 26. Don't throw a pick. Just make sure everything's good. And you go back to the Denver game, and even the Frisco, that's four straight games without a pick for him when that was a big issue, and that's what Kansas City had, Kansas City had lived off of turnovers. In their eight-game winning streak, they had turned people over 21 times, including at least two or more in each of their last seven wins. What did Joe Burrow and the Bengals not do today? Didn't turn, turn it over. And I think that's what they the, the Chiefs were counting on, the way they were they playing them, bringing all that pressure and staying in man. I think they were expecting – Joe is going to make a mistake at some point and we'll capitalize. And listen, some of it was he threw some balls up, but you know what? When you have elite receivers and you got three of them. And the funny part is Tyler Boyd is the third of the elite and he really is. He's a nice player. I like him and he's a quality player. The other two cats are elite. They go up and just go get a ball where you're like, holy cow. I mean, Jamar Chase today made four holy cow catches, maybe five that you're like, and then the wasn't even a catch. The catch and run off the 72-yarder was absurd. And so he's got those guys. He just goes, hey, go make a play for me. And they do. Well, and Zach Taylor deserves a lot of credit for one, the way that they've started using Jamar Chase and getting him to space more and letting him do more run after the catch type stuff. They've played him in the slot a lot the last three or four games. That's paid off. He was in the slot when he made that little catch and run play. But then also they've been able to do more stuff like finding seams in the defense. You heard Jamar Chase talk a lot in the the post game about when they were in a, a cloud cover, the safeties weren't getting off the hash. They were staying to it close into uh, the middle of the field. That allowed was, that second touchdown pass, the one up the sideline. Yeah, the, the 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 deep one. And so he just ran right by them. And the, the Bengals are finding tendencies. They have the players who can read it. And the biggest thing is that communication and connection between Burrow and Chase. They're just on the page, same page so often. And it, it makes it a lot easier because, as you know, a lot of stuff in the NFL is more of a read situation. You've got to right. see the coverage in front of you and react to that. And the quarterback has to guess what you're going to react to it and do on your read. So those two are so often on the same page in that regard. That's what allows all those just throw it up and let them go get it play and, and put it on his back shoulder. And he's going to be expecting it right there. They, they're in sync at a level that you just don't find, especially from guys that are so young. No, you're right. Uh, they, they get it, man. It's, it's, it, it is really incredible. And even some of the catches with strong hands from chase and, and listen, we've talked about this a bunch. The whole drop thing was real. 
And it's been real at different times. And yet today, he made so many strong-handed catches. The one down the sideline where he caught it and then kind of like flipped the ball out one-handed to show people I've got the ball. And they kept holding it one-handed. I thought, dude, you better put it away before somebody smacks it away from you. It was almost like, nah, I'm going to show you my hands are this strong, guys. No chance. Before we flip over to the the defensive side and talk about that, I do want to talk a little bit more about Zach Taylor because – this felt very much like a guy who's learned from his mistakes, a guy who's continued to grow with this team, a guy who's become more confident as a play caller. And a lot of the things that we've criticized him for here on this show, he made up for that in this game late. I mean, that final drive, he had multiple opportunities, especially when you get the penalty, you get way behind the sticks, you're facing but second and third and 27 on back-to-back plays, and he's taking shots. He wasn't, okay, this is the time to run the draw and play conservative, and hopefully we can get a long Evan McPherson field goal. Uh, What was his quote after after the game? Things that are worth having, you have to go and take or something like that, something to that effect. That's the moment he became my coach. That was what I was like, that's the guy I want to hear. That's the guy who has confidence in Joe Burrow and understands you need to let your elite playmaker go win you the game as opposed to giving Pat Mahomes a chance to do the, the same to you. Yeah, frankly, Rick, when they were third and 27, I said, throw a six-yard route to somebody who can maybe break a tackle, make a play, make sure you get the field goal because you need to, in theory, make sure you got the field goal. And some of it is also Joe seeing the coverage and going, oh, man, they're manned up. Let's throw this thing deep. And they connected. And then let's go through the whole the whole fourth and one procedure. Um You know, the, the I, 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 I point blank asked, I said, did you have second thoughts? After you missed the fourth and one where you had the offsetting penalties of at that point kicking the field goal. And he said, nope, because you know who the guy is on the other sideline. And I didn't want to let him have the bat, have, have the football and let him have a chance to go down and score. And even at that point, I'm like, well, dude, if, if you kick the field goal, that's fine. He's probably not going to have enough time to score a touchdown. He's probably going to have enough time to maybe tie you. And you're already tied. And he said, no, we just want to go win the game at that point. And initially, trust me, on the, on the initial fourth and one, Rick, where they had the offsetting penalties, I said... I turned to somebody next to me. I said, I'm good with this. I, and a couple of guys around me like, no, I know you kicked the field. I said, no, I'm good with this. But when they had the offsetting penalties, I went, all right, that was enough. You've tinkered around with this enough. Let's go ahead and kick the field goal. I get it. I get what you were trying to do. And yet he stuck to his guns. And yes, did they get lucky with the holding penalty in the end zone? Sure. But you can also argue the holding penalty in the end zone prevented what might have been a game winning touchdown or a whatever touchdown at that point. So I, I, I do, I, I look back and go, I, I don't have a hard time criticizing, criticizing you over that decision, dude. I don't. Yeah. Oh, well, that's the thing. If people that are complaining about the penalties are saying that they got lucky. Well, one, they were both clear penalties. You were able to call them out as they were happening live in the play. It was very obvious that especially the, the first one where chase got held up at the top of the screen. Everyone saw that I mean, uh, the second one on the replay, it was very obvious too. So it's not like they were, questionable cause really they were blatant penalties and you know why you're confident in in trying that because they hadn't been able to guard your guys all game you have matchup problems and joe burrow knows how to exploit those and get it to the right guy and read the defense i love that decision from zach taylor that's exactly how you play when you're the Bengals and you have joe burrow no but but i will say this but i will tell you if they would have somehow not converted or kick the field goal when they did because they got lucky to be able to take the knee in the in the in the uh, spike and all that stuff. Right. And lost 34-31 in overtime. He'd have been skewered for it. And that's why I wish people would tell me things in real time. I'll tell you I I told it in real time. Initially when he went for it, I went, I'm good with this. Second time around I went, yeah, I think I'd kick it here. And and I'm I'm nobody, but I just want to be transparent of I don't want to come back and second guess it. I want to first guess it. 
And so the first time around, I'm like, no, I'm good with this. I get what you're trying to do. And still, he's going to have to come off of his goal line. And here's the thing. I don't... The one thing we didn't ask, and I'll be interested to ask tomorrow, and I'm probably not going to get a clear-cut answer. I believe at that point, I believe, Rick, and I could be wrong, I believe at that point the Rams had just beaten Baltimore, to which point the Bengals only needed a tie to clinch the division. So at that point you go, hey, he's not coming off his goal line to beat us back at the half-inch line with no timeouts and 50-whatever seconds. At the worst, we go to overtime, maybe win in overtime, and we'll milk the crap out of this clock if we have to and get a tie. I don't know, and I'm completely surmising, but maybe they knew that and said, let's just finish this off. Let's just do this right now, and if we don't make it, we've got backup options. Or maybe it was simply, damn it, we're not giving this cat any chance to go beat us. He might tie us at 38-38, but we're going to punch this thing in and make it 38-31 and go, hey, 52 seconds, you're the best in the league. Go do it with no timeouts. Good luck to you. I'm good. I'm good with that any way you want. The only one I would second guess a little bit was after the offsetting to get one more chance at fourth down to go. All right, you've got a ninth life at this point, Chief. Just go kick it. They did, and it worked out. Yeah, don't get me wrong. They definitely got some breaks, but again, they weren't like a, a bad call break. They were the proper call because right, no right, the right, Chiefs right. can't guard them in space. And so I, I, I liked the call originally. I liked it the second time around too. I think they handled it perfectly. They certainly got some breaks that allowed it to play out, but chance favors the aggressor, right? Yeah, no, <laughs> I love the quote. No, you're right. I mean, it does. And, and they were the aggressor in that point. I just thought Zach Taylor bought himself so much credibility with how he finished off this game and, you know, the, really the last two weeks, the the play calling, the way the offense has been rolling. We've talked a lot about him as a play caller and whether or not he's equipped to do that at the NFL level. And I don't know that he always has been. I think he's been in a little over his head to start. And maybe part of it is you still got a young quarterback and you're just not sure how far you want to push that thing. A guy coming off an ACL injury and and how many situations do you want to put him in where he's trying to do too much and make game winning plays? Maybe that was all part of the equation going on in Zach Taylor's head throughout this year. And as the season has gone on, he's just become more confident in Joe Burrow. But either way, they're finally getting to the point where I think we all wanted them to be all season. Joe Burrow is special. He's as good as any quarterback in the NFL at this point. If you want to say top five to make it less offensive to some people, that's fine with me. But I don't think there's any doubt that he's right there, you know, behind the guys who have been doing it for a long time and, the Brady's and the Rogers and so on. I mean, these last two weeks are absurd. You can argue again, Baltimore's issues, but those last two weeks at the NFL level are absolutely absurd. Um, I I know you got more, but I I just want to, how about the defense in the second half though? I mean, they had three series, two punts in in a field goal. We tried to ask Trey Hendrickson and, 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 um, and Sam Hubbard, what changed. We tried to ask Zach what, ask Zach what changed. Uh, hopefully we'll get Lou Anarumo tomorrow, which we usually get one of the coordinators. And last week was Brian Callahan on Monday, so it's usually flip-flops. So we'll get Lou Anarumo tomorrow. I thought one of the biggest plays of the game, Rick, was Kansas City's down 31-28. They got third and whatever, five at the Bengals, whatever the hell it was, 20-something yard line. And he brings Jesse Bates on a blitz. They didn't pick him up. Mahomes sees it late, has to throw the ball away, and they force a field goal. The defense in the second half was great, but I thought that call was really, really good. Yeah, and, you know, this is just where I don't know enough 
of the X's and O's to see what they changed or if they really changed a lot. But right. I that's know- why that's why we ask it. Nobody gives you an answer. Oh, we did adjustments. Eh, give, don't give me your BS adjustments. Give me what you did. Yeah. In a lot of ways, it just seemed like guys executed on the key plays. And then that's the thing against the chiefs, right? You're not going to stop them from gaining yards on every play. They're going to get some right. first down, but when you, finally, when you finally get them to third and three, once in a while, you've got to get them off the field. Yep. And finally, the Bengals were able to do that, not just once, but on consecutive drives. They did three drives in a row, right? Three right. punts in a row well, at one point. Yeah, and what, and what led to a field goal, um, uh, the, the one at the end. But that was where Bates literally went in Mahomes' lap, and Mahomes looked comfortable for a second. All of a sudden, it was like, oh, my God, I got to throw it. And he threw it away. And yeah, don't forget, and- they also had a couple of chances to pick balls off. Well, could you, and could you imagine even that one early that led to the second touchdown for the Chiefs? I mean, that ball hit Eli Apple in stride. It was uh, thrown dude, to read, Eli he, Apple. He read it perfectly. He 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 sat in his zone, then and sunk back, and 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 Mahomes never saw him. Literally never saw him. He read it so well, sprinted back to where he needed to sprint back after he sunk deep and uh, or sunk short, and then went try to get back deep. He had it in his hands. Mike Hilton made a great break on the ball. I'm going to give a little credit to the receiver on Mike Hilton to break it up, but. The one to me was the Bates play that, hey, if Kansas City goes down and scores a touchdown, now the pressure's back on you. When Kansas City kicked the field goal, it's 31 all with 601 to go. Hey, relax. Just get a good drive. You're not, you don't have to freak out. You're not down 35-31. It's a tie game. You're good. And I thought the call to have Bates blitz, and he was right next to Sam Hubbard. He showed it. They didn't pick him up at all. And I mean, honestly, it was almost like Mahomes went, oh my gosh, here he is, and I gotta throw it. And he did, and threw an incompletion, kick a field goal. Great defensive call, great execution. Someone asked me after the game whether I was encouraged or discouraged by the defensive performance in this game. I thought about it for a second, and I was like, I think I was encouraged because you're not beating the Chiefs in a 24 to 21 game. Yeah, I mean, they're going to put up four touchdowns on you, even if you're one of the better defenses in the NFL. What you have to do is find ways to get stops when it matters and get off the field on third down occasionally against a team like that. The Bengals defense found a way to do that in the second half. Yeah, the first half, they looked a little overwhelmed and it didn't look good. But I tell you what, Patrick Mahomes and uh, Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill and all those, what they, they do that to a lot of people. It's not just the Bengals that looked like that for a half. The fact that they were able to right the ship in the second half, I, that said a lot to me. And I, it gives me a whole lot of confidence going into the postseason that, Okay, mate, they're not perfect. They're not one of the best units in the NFL, but they can turn it on for a half and do enough to give Joe Burrow a chance to win the game. I'm not trying to big time you with this by by any stretch. You know I don't big time you, but I'm going to ask, ask you this. Have you ever seen Pat Mahomes in person? No. Literally in person. No, I, I asked Char- I asked Charlie Goldsmith of the Enquirer that. And he said, when have you seen him in person? I said, I've seen him twice. I said, or three times, actually. I said, one time here in Cincinnati as a rookie, I didn't think much of him. I didn't see enough. I said... Uh, once in the preseason at Kansas City, and then once in a regular season game a few years ago in Kansas City where they boat raced the Bengals 41-14 in 2018. And I said, watch him warm up for a second, Charlie. Just watch him. And he looked, and he went, oh, my word. I said, just keep watching. And so do you remember the play that Von Bell actually knocked down where Pat Mahomes rolled right, and he was under a little duress, and he flips one literally 70 yards down the field to a receiver, and God love Von Bell for sticking with it and knocking the ball out. And he turned to me and he goes, you're right. I said, I know I'm right. I said, this dude is just a different level. It's just, you know how it is. You t- and I, I'm the same with you. TV doesn't do justice to a lot of things we watch in sports. It does not do justice to the way this dude throws the football. He made a handful of throws. He made one. You'll remember it. it was on TV. It was a great TV replay 
where um, he sprints up the middle off of pass rush. Pass rush comes, he sprints up the middle and slings it sidearm because there's a linebacker in front of him to, I think, Kelsey cutting across the middle for about 20 yards in the first down. It was like, who makes that throw? Nobody made. Joe Burrow doesn't even make that throw. And Joe Burrow's great. Now, Joe Burrow might stay in the pocket and go, I'll make the throw better in the pocket. But he is just absurdly good. That one across the field for 70 yards, you're, you just look and go, who does that? On the run to your right out of pressure and you just slung it there 70 yards? It, it, it's obscene to watch. It's, it's silly to watch. Was there anyone on the defensive side that really stood out to you individually or – I mean, no, to I, me, I, I mean, it was nice to have Logan Wilson back out right. there. I thought he he certainly helped and made a difference again. Ogan Joby was kind of his typical self. He he didn't make a ton of actual plays, but he was in the action constantly. It felt like and and forcing the issue and and applying pressure up the middle. Uh, but in terms of like individual performances, it seemed like it was a different guy. Different. You mentioned the Von Bell play. Uh, Eli Apple had a really tough first half, but uh, then he made a play or two. Mike Hilton yep. made a play, dropped the yep. interception he should have had. Yep. But, uh, you no, know, it was it was it just seemed like kind of a an all uh, everyone all hands on deck type of performance in the second yes. half. Yeah, and, and, and you know on, on the fifth quarter analysis I do that I've written a little bit of I I gave the game ball to Chidobe. He had ten tackles, all solos, and when you look back, what did Tyree Kill really do, right? And that yeah, was kind of his true. guy. That was kind of his guy. And he talked to his credit. He talked on whatever day that was Wednesday or Thursday. I think it was Thursday about covering him and he was very you know very impressed with Tyreek but we talked about speed and it was one of the great quotes of the week of uh how fast Tyreek is he said I'm pretty fast too I'm pretty fast too and he was asked again who can beat you on the Bengals and he said "Mm, Trey Waynes comes to mind but I'm I'm pretty fast too and you know if you look back what did Tyreek Hill do bunch underneath stuff and so I gave it to him with the 10 tackles all solos which might have been all in catch catch spots and pro football focus may roast what I did tomorrow. But if you look back, he kind of had Tyreek for a chunk of the day. And what did Tyreek do? A lot of underneath stuff, right? No, definitely. This win and because of the defense performance in the second half, like I mentioned, and the the confidence that Taylor showed as a play caller when Burrow and the way Chase is rolling at this point, it gives me a lot of confidence heading into the postseason that Maybe this team is capable of at least winning a game and potentially even making a run. But I'll ask you this, Skinny. What's holding this team back at this point? What's the what's the reason they're not going to make a run potentially? Probably, and this is sim- simplistic because we all know it, the offensive line. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a banged up group. It wasn't a great group to begin with, and it was masked by a lot of things. Um, but probably that group. Uh, they did a great job. I mean, when, when they had to Brent, throw the Brent ball. struggled a little. He did, but hey, they're blitzing them on every down, and for the most part, those guys hung in there, gave him enough time to just sling one where he needed to sling one. But yeah, I think that's probably the point. Um, you know, Kelsey didn't do a ton, Hill didn't do a ton. They did run the ball pretty effectively, and maybe that was a, was schematically because that's what the Bengals were allowing them to do. But you know, for the most part, I'm going to go with yeah, offensive line. That, that's 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 probably right. Uh. Last year, you remember in the Super Bowl when everyone was talking about how bad the the Chiefs' offensive line was, and it was like it was like their problem. I'll take. Hopefully, the Bengals' offensive line is that much of a problem for them, right? Good point. Hopefully that then that's the issue for the Bengals is it gets them all the way to the Super Bowl because they're so bad. But uh, that that was the obvious concern, and I do think it is a problem. But again, I go back to this game when you're playing 
the elite of the AFC, the best the the conference has to offer. And you've won two in a row coming into this one. Now this makes it three in a row. It is a statement game. And it does make me think maybe this team is good enough to, to do bigger things than we ever had really imagined for them. I mean, I thought they were below 500 team coming into the season. They've clearly exceeded those expectations. And, and, you know, there was a certain point maybe midway through the year or probably at the bye week where I start thinking, and it's real that they could be in the playoffs and act maybe they could even win a first round game, even if they're the wild card team or what have you. But this game and what they've done the last few weeks in a row now, stacking these wins back to back to back in high pressure situations, it changes the conversation yes. a little bit and it should. Yeah, no, no question. That's that's the thing. High pressure situations. And listen, again, I guarantee everybody's going to look and go, oh, Baltimore was not Baltimore. Sure. You're fine. I'm good with that. You're right. But Denver was in the hunt, Baltimore was in the hunt, and Kansas City was the number one seed until today. And you went and you beat them all. And you kind of beat them the way you wanted to beat them. The Denver game was, let's slow play this. Let's not give them opportunities. Let's not give them turnovers. Let's let our defense hunt. Let's make sure we're we're getting enough points on certain drives. Baltimore game was, we're better. Go kick their ass. What'd you do? Today was, oh, you want to play us, man? We'll go get you. And we got to figure out a way to get you defensively. And they did. And I, I'm with you. I, I think I don't think the sky's the limit, for lack of a better term. But if you told me this team flamed out in the first round, I go, yeah, I get it. They're not ready yet. If this team went to the Super Bowl, I go, yeah, I get it. They're good. It's a good team. It's a good team. It's certainly dangerous, if nothing else. And and they've proven that now, especially after today. They can play with anyone, legitimately anyone at this point. That it's not a, just a cliche throwaway statement. Uh, this is kind of tough to do, obviously at the top, especially the way the AFC has gone, but. How would you rank the the Chiefs, Patriots, Bills, and Titans? Where do, where does the Bengals stack up in that? That's a great question. Five. I, I'm still going to go Chiefs one. I'm going to go way off the board here with this. Bills two. I know it doesn't play itself like that based on record. I agree with you. I'll go Titans three as long as the two receivers are healthy. It doesn't matter about Derrick Henry. As long as... Julio and 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 um, and Brown are healthy. Then I'm gonna go with them three, Bengals four. And I'm not sure, I'm not sure, I'm not sure. There's not a big drop off to the rest, to be honest with you. And there's not a lot of the rest. There's only three for the rest. Yeah, the I mean, but you have the Pats f- below the Bengals. Yes, I do. I mean, it, dude, it's Mac. It's a rookie quarterback, and God love Belichick. They've done a lot of good things today. They did get a lot of yards, but they also took advantage of three. Um, three turnovers by by Jacksonville. It's Jacksonville. They're terrible, and they've quit. Their coaching thing is a mess, and, you know, it. it is what it is. So, yeah, no, I don't – they're not ready yet. They're 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 a year they're a year or two behind the Bengals at this point. Um, Colts scare me because of Jonathan Taylor, but you were at home with a chance to beat Las Vegas, which is not dynamic, and you couldn't get it done? Really? Yeah, the, the Colts don't really? scare me at all. The Pats – just from a fan's perspective, the idea just of, of the, Bill just Belichick. Just because of the name, right? Well, just, Bill you're, Belichick you're scared by the name, dude. Zach Taylor and, yeah, this defense. It, it does send a little bit of a All right, but hear, hear me out, but hear me out. It's a, great, it's a great point, Rick. But you know what? I think Andy Reid is every bit as good a coach as, as, as Bill Belichick. And guess what? Who won today? With a better team than the Patriots have, too. I mean, that's correct. That is correct. Hey, exactly right. I'm with you. I'm not saying it's necessarily rational or the right take. No, but it's just fair. hard to get it out of your head with sure. the way we look at the sport at this point and, sure. and what Belichick has done. But I mean, 
Brady and the way he's continued to lead the Bucks the last few years has, I think, changed that image a little bit, that it wasn't just this crazy genius coach. Yeah, Bill Belichick is good, but a lot of it was having the greatest quarterback of all time. Yeah, you think? And it, it happened today when a guy went and ripped his uniform off in the middle of the game where every other team in the league would have gone, screw this, I quit, he quit, I quit, and they still won. We're talking about Antonio Brown, obviously. Yeah, was, uh, <laughs> he pulled a Richard Skinner-esque move in the workplace. That was I've, a little bit wild. I, I, I wouldn't quit in the middle of a game. Well, I could see you ripping your jersey off and cussing out your employers and uh, throwing a deuces to the fans as you walk out. No, I like the fans. I wouldn't throw the deuces to the fans. Really, you he did make... too. He was like giving a peace sign. It was Jets dude, fans. He dude, was cool dude, with them. Dude, that was the craziest thing ever, correct? Uh, yeah, it's, it's hard to talk about because the guy's clearly so disturbed. Well, there's no question. Like, it's not funny. It's not cool. No, it's no, like, and, and, no, you really you know just feel funny? bad watching. Not, it's not cringy. You, no, you know what? You know what? I'll give Tom Brady credit. Tom Brady, I think, tried to put that in perspective. And it is sad to watch. And you wonder if there's not some real, real crazy issue there, which hopefully they address and he addresses because it's a mess. Yeah, I mean, I, God forbid it's like CTE stuff related to, you know, NFL Correct. stuff too. That would be even worse. But well, clearly we're watching I, I, a guy. Well, hang on, hang right on, the head hang on. And I feel bad for I, him. I had a press box, press box wag, which we like to call each other wags for whatever reason, a press box wag that said he should sue Vontez Perfect. I mean, I mean, remember the remember the hit in 2014, right? It, I or mean, 2015? You, you might not be wrong. I don't know how you know crazy he was before then, right? Uh, but we're clearly watching a guy who's not well, and no, that's just, correct. It's, it's sad, it's weird, and it's it's cringy to watch. It's it's tough to see. So yeah, I mean, I don't even know what else to say about it really. But and, that and, was a bizarre the, scene. Yeah, and the goofy part was Mike Evans tried to talk him down off of it, like, "Hey, dude, calm down." And Mike Evans is a is a little high strung character. And when he couldn't calm him down, my lord, that was that that was the that might be the crazy and I've watched some crazy stuff in this league. That might be the craziest thing I've ever watched. That was different, that's for sure. Uh let's wrap up this this Bengals yep. podcast, though. They have clinched the AFC North. They can still technically get any of the top four seeds, right? Yeah. Depending on how yes. this all plays yeah. out. Yeah, the one seed's almost impossible. There has to be a, it's a I, I don't even want to go through the whole path because I still don't know it until the whole weekend plays itself out. There's still a crazy path to the one. It feels like they're going to probably be the three. Now, this this leads to the last interesting question, so I'm glad you brought this up. If if you don't feel really good mathematically going into Sunday at Cleveland, and you feel like it's a seed you like where you're going to host a home game, and, hey, maybe you slip to the four seed with Kansas City as the two seed and Tennessee as the one seed, and you go, yeah, we like to win, but if we don't win, we're okay with a loss to be the four seed to avoid Kansas City, which is possible, right? Do you play Joe Burrow if he's hurt? And that's the thing. We don't know how hurt he was. Remember, he came out at the end. It was a very cryptic, eh, he just turned his knee a little bit from Zach Taylor. And I mean, do you look and go, hey, you know, the way this thing shapes up, I'd rather play them with Joe getting a week off versus Kansas City in round two with Joe not completely right. I mean, maybe we're at that stage of the game. Yeah, I think it's got to be something where it's actually bothering him and you're worried about 
you know, is, is he going to be fighting through fair. this and it's going to be a nagging yeah, thing if he's fine and he feels good. I think you actually absolutely want to try to keep this thing rolling the way it's going. They, they, they've got so much confidence and so much momentum and they're still young guys. I don't think you want to screw around with that. Now, is it tempting to just to give them the week off and yep. because the offensive line is, is so shaky, make sure he doesn't take any extra hits. Yeah, I, th- I think it is. And I agree with you that I would be happy to slide down to the four seat if it means, it means avoiding the having to play the Chiefs again. But to me, I, I'm always about just trying to win as many games as possible. Like if you're playing well, you. keep I'm that thing rolling and and yep. keep the confidence up and all, every all the momentum on your side. But if it's something where it actually is bothering him and the week off would do him some good and get him closer to 100% for the playoffs, then, yeah, that's definitely something I would consider. Heck, I might consider now, we'll say sitting Joe Jamar said Chase too thought- if I'm going to do that. Right. Yeah. And Joe said he thought he could have gone back in the game if it came down to it. He was fine. And okay, I'll take your word for it. And maybe that's true. It probably is true. I don't think he'd lie about that. Um, yeah. I'm I, sure I think, he would have stayed in that game with all that was on the line. He's a gamer, but that doesn't yeah. mean he'd be good enough next week after sleeping yeah. on it and stiffening up. No, first, fair, fair enough. So we'll, we'll see. I mean, I, I, there, there's a lot on the table at this point of the game. So we'll see how this shakes out and uh, we'll see how the, uh, the week shakes out with, with him and the whole team. Yeah, all I know is I feel a whole lot better that this team is not going to Cleveland needing a win. No question. Just I think again. that would that would have been a I think that would have been an absolute gut punch when Cleveland might have beaten them. That would have been a gut punch, and you don't have to worry about it. Any longer. And and you're really just a few plays, a few f- not getting the right call from an official from facing that exact scenario. Right? But no, that's right. Just that's a right. crazy sport, man. No question. All right, right, that's that's all I got. Yep. All right, good stuff. Great stuff. Appreciate it, Rick. Uh, We'll be back uh, midweek, whenever that is, Wednesday, Thursday. We never know. We try to figure it out with basketball, if they ever play games, uh, how the rest of the sports world is going. But we'll be back at some point with a midweek podcast. Uh, For Rick Boring, I'm Richard Skinner. Thanks for being with us. It's been the Skinny Podcast, the Bengals postgame edition, presented by Ryan Kiefer of Prime Lending.